It's November 8th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Singapore's The Straits Times reports that COVID-19 cases sharply escalated in Guangzhou and other major Chinese cities, official data showed yesterday. With the global manufacturing hub fighting its worst flare-up ever and testing its ability to avoid a Shanghai-style citywide lockdown. New locally transmitted infections climbed to 7,475 nationwide on Monday, according to China's health authority, up from 5,496 the day before and the highest since May 1st. But so far, Guangzhou has resisted a blanket lockdown like the one in Shanghai earlier in 2022. With COVID-19 surging in China, this is a good time to remember that lockdowns in China slowly work their way through the supply chain to increase prices for consumer goods in the United States. These lockdown measures are a combination of a failure to vaccinate effectively in China and authoritarian overreach. Ultimately, it may push U.S. companies to move away from China quicker than policy from the U.S. government. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has accused China of attempting to interfere in the country's elections, according to the BBC. It comes as local media report that Canadian intelligence identified a clandestine network of Beijing-backed candidates at recent elections. At least 11 candidates were supported by China in the 2019 federal elections, officials reportedly told Mr. Trudeau. Citing unnamed intelligence officials, local broadcaster Global News reported that Beijing had directed funds to the candidates and that Chinese operatives had acted as campaign advisors to many candidates. In one case, funding of $250,000 was directed through the office of an Ontario-based provincial MP. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesman said it had no interest in Canada's internal affairs. Last month, Royal Canadian Mounted Police say they were investigating reports of criminal activity in relation to so-called police stations, which have also been reported in a number of European countries. Humanity is on the highway to climate hell, the UN Secretary General has warned, saying the fight for a livable planet will be won or lost in this decade. The Guardian is reporting that Antonio Guterres told world leaders at the opening of the COP27 UN Climate Summit in Egypt on Monday, quote, We are in the fight of our lives, and we are losing. And our planet is fast approaching tipping points that will make climate chaos irreversible. Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, the president of Egypt, said in his opening address to the summit, that poor and vulnerable people around the world were already experiencing the effects of extreme weather. At most UN climate summits, activists and protesters play a key role. However, Egypt clamps down on dissent 
and its jails are full of political prisoners. CC's government has promised that climate activist voices will be heard, but their activities have been curtailed with protesters kept at a separate site and required to register in advance to be granted permission for even minor demonstrations. Elsewhere, Deutsche Welle reports that the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan met with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Washington for peace talks on Monday, only hours after a fresh shootout along their troubled border. The defense ministries of both countries have traded accusations of opening fire. The United States is committed to peace negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said ahead of the meeting. Direct dialogue is the best way to a truly durable peace, and we are very pleased to support that, he added, praising courageous steps by both countries to put the past behind. Two months ago, over 280 people on both sides were killed when the two countries exchanged artillery fire again. Armenia and Azerbaijan fought two wars in 1991 and 2020 over the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. Korea's Jung-Ang Daily is reporting that North Korea's defense ministry has denied Washington's claims that it exported arms to Russia to support the war in Ukraine. Quote, We once again make clear that we have never had arms dealings with Russia and that we have no plan to do so in the future said the Vice Director of Military Foreign Affairs at the Ministry of National Defense in a statement released through the official Korean Central News Agency yesterday. The English-language statement claimed that the United States was persistently spreading a groundless rumor of arms dealings between North Korea and Russia in a bid to make it a fait accompli at any cost. The Russian embassy in North Korea also denied the allegation that Pyongyang was secretly supplying ammunition to Moscow in a statement yesterday, calling it not true at all. According to the AP, the Sandinista National Liberation Front completed its political domination of Nicaragua on Monday as electoral officials said it had won control of all the country's 153 municipalities in elections that critics called unfair. Coming into Sunday's elections, the party of President Daniel Ortega already controlled 141 of Nicaragua's municipalities, but having outlawed the country's main opposition parties and jailed dozens of opposition figures, the field was clear for the Sandinistas' sweep. Nicaragua has been in political and social upheaval since big street protests that broke out in April 2018 became a referendum on Ortega's rule. More than 200,000 Nicaraguans have fled the country since, most to neighboring Costa Rica. Al Jazeera reports that the Ethiopian government and Tigrayan forces have established a telephone hotline following a truce struck last week. On November 2nd, the federal government and regional forces from Tigray agreed to the cessation of hostilities, a diplomatic breakthrough two years into a war that has killed thousands and displaced millions. According to an official familiar with the talks, 
the hotline will address any flare-ups in fighting and coordinate disengagements, with both sides recognizing the challenge of fully communicating with all their units to stop fighting. In lighter news from the UPI, an ESPN announcer broke the Guinness World Record for longest cornhole throw when he tossed a corn-filled bag 76 feet into a hole in a wooden target. Marty Smith attempted the record ahead of Saturday's football game between the University of Georgia and the University of Tennessee. A Guinness World Records adjudicator was present during the attempt, which was aired live on SEC Network. Smith sank his shot from a distance of 76 feet, beating the record of 75 feet 1 inch, which was set by Johnny Gordon in November 2021. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Scott Bade, a senior analyst in the geotechnology practice at the Eurasia Group, about Musk's takeover of Twitter. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.